song was last December. Um, and uh, in the mountain that I run to, and I, I was actually on, last December, that song, uh, Bethel was playing that song, and I remember watching the YouTube videos and just rocked by the song. And, and I was on the way to the mountains with Jared and Dean, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but I was playing it from YouTube, um, and it was like staticky and didn't even sound good and draining my data on my phone, but I was like, I had to hear that song. I'm like, it's just so good, and it was just, reminds me of the mountains. And um, this morning, uh, we're going to conclude. I, I'm not going to be too long, and then I'm going to invite some people to kind of share uh, some testimonies and some things that the Lord has done and is doing and going to do. Um, but uh, I, you know, I love mountains. I love um, I love being in them, I love looking at them, I love being on them, um, I love the good pow that's on them when you ski. Uh, last year I skied seven times, the most I've ever skied in my life in one year, and I just loved it. And it was just like my time with the Lord, and God is there on the mountain. Amen? Any skiers here, snowboarders? Come on. I'm just like excited to go, and... Um, and this morning I want to share the thought with you, the mountains are calling and I must go. The mountains are calling and I must go. And um, if you've been around mountain culture, you've seen uh, this in plaques and mugs and underwear and cups. And I mean, you can buy anything that says this on it. I mean, I didn't even have to make this PowerPoint. I just had to search. And there was thousands of images of mountains that are calling, I must go. And so I found the most hipster one I could think of and find, and that's it. And um, so that was easy. Um, but I believe God wants us to grasp something about mountains this morning. Uh, uh, an encounter, as we talked about this weekend, actually leads to a life of adventure. And you are made for adventure. Our relationship with God isn't something static that leaves us rocking on our uh, rocker on the front porch, but it's actually dynamic. Faith is a dynamic, active thing. It's not just something we just sit, but it's an adventure. And an encounter is beyond a service, but a life call. The mountains are calling and I must go. See, we talked about Obed-Edom last night, and he had the presence um, in his house, but then he actually it followed, he followed the presence. He went on an adventure wherever that box went. He was like, I'm in. And um, he took his whole fam jam. He took everybody because he's like, I want the, I, I want the presence, and I'm going to go on this adventure and chase whatever God wants. See, we were made for mountains. In the Bible, mountains are mentioned 500 times in the Bible. And mountains have a logic symbolism. It actually, in the Bible, mountains, um, in, they're, they're meaning you're closer to God when you're on a mountain. Because they saw that the sky was where God was in the heavens. And so if you could climb higher and closer to him, you'd be closer to God if you're on a mountain. Mount Ararat is where Noah's Ark landed after the flood. Mount Horeb is where Moses saw the burning bush. Mount Sinai is where Moses got the Ten Commandments and disappeared for a long time with them, uh, getting them. Mount of Olives is where Jesus prays before his arrest and crucifixion. Mount Zion is a location of Solomon's temple. And then there's a the mountain of transfiguration. There's, there's a Mount Carmel with Elijah, and you can go on and on. Um, the mountains were where God was. And um, some were called the mountain of God. In Scripture, it's like the mountain of God. And it was where the people encountered the presence of God. You'd go up and you'd encounter God on the mountain and you'd come back down. 
And it, and it was for the Israelites, that's where God was. That was the actual location of God. He's on the mountain. Go see him on the mountain. You know, that's where God, he's up on that mountain. You see that, that cloud? That's the Lord. He's right there. And there was an actual physical location, a place. Mount Sinai is where his name and his glory were. It says, here is where I'll meet you. Here is where you'll worship me. And here is where I'll be your God and you'll be my people. Not just any mountain, but the mountain of God, that mountain. And that's where God caused his name and his glory to dwell. Um, the Shekinah glory was released. There was, there was a glory on that mountain. There was amazing things. But God also has located himself for us um, there. And, he, and he's located himself here. He's been here this weekend. We've encountered the Lord together. And um, this weekend we've had some incredible encounters. And it can be easy to... Um, you know, like a good weekend in the mountains when we go to Canmore or we go to Revelstoke or go wherever on our trips to the mountains, that we take some, our, our Instagram feed is flooded with pictures. We have some amazing stories, some good times together. But then when Sunday comes or whatever, the last day of that trip, we get in our cars and we go home and we're like, oh, that was an amazing weekend. Look at the pictures. We do flashback, you know, Friday or throwback Thursday. And we think of the mountain and we get, you know, put the picture up again. But life kind of goes on. We have a story, but life kind of goes on and, and we leave it there. And I think individually, I think as a community, we... Um, we're made for mountains. Resurgence was made for mountains. You were made for mountains. And um, we're made to experience and encounter the Lord, just not at a mountaintop experience like a resurgence advance, but actually to take the encounter with us every day. That we would live on the mountain, that we would be in the mountain, that, that there's a place that we would meet and encounter God everywhere we go, everything we do. You know, that God, it would be about an encounter every day. That Monday morning, tomorrow when our, your alarm goes off at 6 or whatever, how many are before 6 your alarm goes off? Yeah, okay, before 6. Um, that it wouldn't be like, ah, but be like, Lord, thank you that I can encounter you right now that you're with me in my day, that you can press into the word, that there's like an encounter in the word and in prayer. Um, we were made to experience him not just at a service, not just at a resurgence, not just at our churches, but every single day. Um, and the Old Testament, the law was, there was the law was to encounter the Lord in the, the Ark of the Covenant and where God was on his mountain and, and all of that. And there was a tent and where the glory was. It was actually a physical place. But... Um, and if anyone entered that place and had sin in their hearts, they would die instantly. But something happened when the veil was torn in the temple when Jesus was, was die, died on the cross. And what happened was, is, is actually the location of that mountain changed. The location of that mountain changed from that physical place to actually something in our heart. See, Hebrews 12, 18 to 28 says, For you have not come, as did the Israelites in the wilderness, to a material mountain that can be touched, a mountain that is ablaze with fire and to gloom and darkness and a raging storm, and to blast of a trumpet and a voice whose words make the listeners beg that nothing more be said to them. For they could not bear the command that was given. Even if a wild animal touches the mountain, it will be stoned to death. In fact, so awful and terrifying the phenomenal sight that Moses said, I'm terrified with angst and trembling with fear. But rather, you've come to the Mount Zion, even to the city of the living God and heavenly Jerusalem, and to the countless multitudes of angels and festal, gather, festal gathering. 
And, and it goes on and says, And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of mercy, a better, nobler, and more gracious message than the blood of Abel. Then his voice shook the earth, but now he has given a promise. Yet once more I'll shake and make tremble not only the earth, but the starry heavens. And, and this indicates, and it goes on, that, 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 that God's really, Jesus has changed things. And so what I'm saying is that Jesus coming actually changed that location on the mountain, that we can actually meet in our hearts with him, that the very resurrected power of Jesus lives inside each one of us, and there's an encounter, there's a place in the mountain inside of us, and that we're made to, made to commune with God, that that tent, that tabernacle that used to be a physical place is actually a place inside our hearts that we can tabernacle with the Lord, that we can, we can gather in his presence and we can meet, and there's something that can happen in our hearts. And... Um, See, the mountain is a perfect image of what God's saying. You know, it, it touches the ground, but it reaches to the sky. And um, to climb closer to him, to be more intimate with him. God, I want to be more intimate with you. Not just on a weekend, not just a, an encounter in a service when Karis is leading worship, but when I'm all alone in my room and there's no one leading worship and there's no one around, I want to love your, your word. I want to encounter you through the word. I want to learn how to pray and hear your voice. I, I want to, uh, God, I want to spend time with you. I want to turn Netflix off for a while and, and focus on you. That, that's, that's what God's calling us to do, to become more intimate. And... Um, we were meant for the mountains. The mountains are calling, we must go. And we're meant to encounter the Lord every day. And, and what does that look like as a community? And I just have four quick points. Number one is the word. The word. We heard it yesterday. But we have to be rooted in the word. Joshua, uh, God told Joshua, do not depart from this book. Meditate on it. Know the word. We have to know the word. As a, as a community, as a people, and, and, I, and I stand here and tell you that, you know, sometimes people say, oh, well, you're like in full-time ministry, and so you really know the Word. You know what? There are many in this room that know the Word way more than I do. I find it probably more of a struggle than most of you to read this Word. <laughs> I would argue that, that this is the hardest thing that I battle, even though my full-time job is ministry. I went to Bible college. When I was in Bible college, I read the Word less than any other time in my life. I mean, I read it for like, oh, you had to do this activity and stuff, but not to read it to like encounter the Lord. It was like, oh, read that verse. So what's the answer to this question that I got to answer that paper or whatever, you know? And so, so it's a challenge. It's, it's something that I'm continually praying. I got a reading plan with you version. I'm, I'm like, God, I, I want to read your word. I want that love. And so I've been praying and in faith, I just love what you already said. And, and it makes me and just, I want to encounter the word more. I was convicted. I'm like, I, I, need to, I need to spend more time in the Word. I need to find ways. I need to make more time for the Word. The Word is Jesus. And to know Jesus, we need to know the Word. We can say, oh, we want Jesus. The vision's Jesus. But if, the, if we're not actually in the Word, it's not really Jesus. It's just words that we're saying. Because the Word became flesh. And it's Jesus. And so... We need to know the word. Smith Wigglesworth said there are four principles we need, that need to maintain. First, read the word of God. Second, consume the word of God until it consumes you. And third, believe the word of God. And fourth, act on the word. So we need to know the word. We need to be rooted in the word. Prayer. Prayer is, you know, it's a fancy word for talking to God. It really is. We like prayer. What does that mean? It actually means just talking to God. 
and um, hunger after him. Uh, maybe, maybe your prayer language, maybe that's been something you prayed about. Maybe we prayed for a few last night, but you're like, oh, I want to you know, I I get a prayer language. And you're like kind of scared by that. And that's something that's like, oh, awkward. And lear- learning first languages are, I shared with a few people, you may just get like one word. Tara was saying last night, she goes, I just, when I, when I asked for the prayer language, I got one word and all I had for a while was one word and it was really weird. And then I got two words and then I got three and then it came. And so when you learn a new language, how many have learned a new language and you instantly pick up the language? You, you know it instantly that you speak fluent Spanish. When I took Spanish, let's just say it didn't come fluently, and it still isn't fluently. It was terrible. My pronunciation sucks. I could write it, but to actually speak it takes a long time. You have to be around it, and you've got to use it, and you've got you gotta, you gotta to use it. And so that's with the prayer language. So uh, give yourself some grace. It's not going to be this flowing, fluent. I mean, it doesn't make sense in your mind either. But if that's something you desire, I just, uh, it's so important that we, we connect with the Spirit. See, I can pray in my own understanding. And what I understand, oh, I pray for this person. I pray for Amy. I pray. But I don't know what Amy's going through. Right now as she's recovering and from her surgery, I don't really know. But if I start to pray in tongues, I know what the Spirit wants me to pray. And, and the Spirit knows way more what to pray. The Spirit knows way more what to say because I don't even know what to say. I don't know what she needs right now. I don't know what resurgence needs as I pray for our lead team and our leaders. I, but I can go into a prayer language and pray what the Spirit wants me to pray because he's way better at knowing what to pray. And that, that's all it is. It's nothing scary. It's not this crazy thing. And, and um, you know, I bring it, sometimes, you know, I find we bring our prayers down from the mountain, but our prayers should actually be going higher. That, that we, can, we, can, we can talk in English so much, and sometimes in prayer meetings it can be like, it, it, the focus tends to be about us. It brings it down from that heavenly God, and, and we start to pray to God. And, and, and then when we pray in our own understanding, a lot of times, and, I've, and the Lord's really shown me this lately, and I notice it a lot, it's like, oh, that's just about that person. It's just about me. It's just about, it's a very I-focused thing. And it's like it brings it down from what pushed looking up. And, and it just, so that's why the prayer language is so important, and to pray. Let's just pray. Um, worship. What does a lifestyle of worship look free from shame, doubt, fear, guilt? Not just at resurgence, but at home. What does it look like to just worship the Lord in our work? In your daily routine, driving to work. God, we worship you. I worship you as I'm, as I'm, um, I worship you as I'm just doing things that I enjoy. I worship you as I'm skiing. God's in that. God's in the things that you enjoy too. And you can worship the Lord in the things you're doing. It's not just singing and lifting your hands. It's that too, but it's art. It's all sorts of things. It's our lifestyle of worship. And the fourth thing is faith. It involves a risk. See, mountain life is adventure. It's thrilling. It's, it's what we're made for. It's fresh air. It's, it's getting out there. It's, um, it'll lead you to make huge life changes, to change priorities. Maybe some of you in this room have to make career changes and, and shifts. And we prayed over that last night. And um, that was for me, you know, and it's continually. How do we live this life adventure even as resurgence? And what I shared earlier, it's like, okay. God, we trust you. And it's that continual, God, I trust you. And um, see, the mountains are calling and I must go. 
And uh, I just want to speak to, you know, if, if God spoke to you about some really big life choices this weekend, and I, and I sensed that last night, there was a weight to what was happening last night, and it looked different than it last year and other years, because I, I just saw, we're contemplating there's big things that are happening in this room. And, and, and stuff that was being shared, but stuff that was happening in hearts was really big last night. And I just want to say, someone asked me this week, how do you hear God's voice and how do you know the direction to go? And I just want to say, the first important thing is to hear his voice, but also to have an incredible amount of community and friends around you. So if you feel like God's speaking to you about a drastic change, a change that's, that's pretty big, then, then I, I want, first, we need to have a good community around us, and we need to have people that we can go with, that we trust, and that, that have been with us, and that, that, are, that are rooted in the word and prayer to go to and say, listen, maybe it's your pastor, maybe it's your family. Um, I know in the, the biggest changes of my life each time, I've heard God saying, but I actually go and submit that to people around me. Um, when, it was, when it was quitting my job, it was my family, it was my friends, and it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a conversation. And it wasn't just me, a split decision thing. It was like, God, this is what I sense God saying, could we all pray about this? And what is the community? Could I trust you, and I need you to tell me, is this just Travis, or is this actually the Lord? And God confirmed it. And so if you don't have community around you that you can meet, find those people. Get them in your life, because there's going to be... There's going to be things that are going to come. You're going to need them. Our lead team, we get together, and, and, and they, they call out, oh, Travis, that's fear operating in you. We break that off. Diana said that. Hey, that's fear. We break, you know, and, and they pray, and I'm going, yeah, that is fear. I want to break that off. That's that mindset. Got to go. And I need people in my life to make me stronger and to help me. And so that when we're hearing things, that we can do it in community. So I just encourage you, don't do something drastic until you've, you've heard God. And now, now, now talk that out with community and people you trust. Because that's so important. And that's how, how God speaks. I really believe it. And confirms it. And honestly, it, what I heard from others in the processes of that I always done that has made it a way better decision, way better wisdom, way better timing, way better understanding than just me hearing God. Hearing God through community has been incredible. And, um, you know, courage. We need courage to face our fears and go for it. To take a risk and to point to Jesus in public. What does that look like to point to Jesus in her every day, to see people saved, and um, to roar like that lion, you know, to be generous with their time or money, do whatever God calls you to do. And, um, you know, Romans 8, 28, um, I wrote that down, and what did I write about that? I didn't write anything about that, Romans 8, why did I write it? Romans 8, 28. I don't know. I wrote that down. Um, maybe that's for someone. Um, but, you know, testing is part of it, too. Uh, when we live this life of faith, there's going to be testing and adversity. The question is, what do we do with adversity? Do we continue mountain life? There is adversity on the mountain. I, I was on a plane home from Norway, and I watched two movies about mountains, the Himalayas and the Everest. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I start bawling in Himalayas, if you've ever seen it. Uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was subtitles, and guys are dying on the mountain, and adversity's happening, and it was, it was incredible. And then Everest wasn't much better than that. There was just more adversity. And so when we live this life, there's adversity, but there's a courage, there's a faith. And um, testing is part of it, but the house built well stands firm. You know, um, 
the rains came down. What's that song? Floods, the rains came down, the floods came up. And the house and the rocks stood firm. It's a children's song. It's pretty simple. But it's so true is that the house stood firm. Why? Because it's firmly rooted in the word, firmly rooted in, in, in God. And there will be floods. There will be rains. But where are we rooted in? We're rooted in the Lord. Uh, Matthew 17, 20 says, he said to them, you know, because of your littleness of your faith, uh, for truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it'll move and nothing will be impossible. See, there's a challenge, there's a call to faith. And we're called to faith as a community. We're called to not just live on a mountain, but move mountains as well. We're called to move mountains and see mountains moved. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, a conviction of things seen. Hebrews 11.1, 1, you know, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's not the assurance of things you already have. I already have stuff, so I don't have to hope for it. If you can see it, then you don't, have to, you don't have to have faith for it. But things you can't see that are in the future, that verse is talking about in Hebrews 1. Now, faith is assurance of things hoped for. Erwin McManus says this so clearly. He says, too often we only see what we have and not what we hope for. Once it happens or we have it, we no longer need to have hope. Because we already have it. But, but, but faith is a future thing. Faith is I can't see it. I, it. You know, we are called to dream bigger. We're to hope for more things. We're actually to create our future. The choices we make today will affect our destiny. And we're, we're, we're a future creator. We, we, we make choices that actually will, will, will affect things. We're, we're to create the future. That's the choices we make today will actually affect things tomorrow. Our vision is too small. We're part of something huge. And, and the bigger is, is, is more than we know. It's more than you know. What God's called each one in this room is more than you realize. And you may feel like, oh, I don't know what my life's for. Listen, I'm telling you right now, get this in your heart. It's more than you realize and more than you know. You were created for big things. See, what will happen if we say yes to this adventure? Well, your life will be transformed. It may mean changing everything you know. It may mean changing priorities. It may mean taking risks you never thought you would. Doing stuff that seems impossible. It may mean people saying stuff and thinking about you. But that actually doesn't matter anymore. Because you're not based on fear of man. You're based on him. Fear of God. Perfect love casts out all fear. So that doesn't matter. See, resurgence, our community, our movement won't be the same. And um, what would a monthly gathering look like if we all embraced this lifestyle? And, and this is just a sample of it, but I thought of it, you know, the presence of God, as I shared earlier, would be so thick. Pre-service prayer would be packed and overflowing with people pressing in and wanting the presence of God. Why? Because it's not just they come to prayer, but it's an overflow of their life, their every day. And it's like, oh, wow, they come into prayer and it's just like, it's just, wow, prepared for what God's going to do. The glory would be filling the room. Worship would be a celebration of all that he's done throughout the week. Worship would be explosive. Karis wouldn't even have to call people to the front or do anything. It would just be the passion in the room would be pouring out. She would be probably wrecked on the stage, not even able to play because the, the glory of the Lord would be in the room so strong. People would be driving off the street, coming because there's such a hunger for the word, a hunger for the presence, a hunger for the moving of the Spirit of God if, if we actually embrace this. 
where we have testimonies and salvations and we'll spend half the time talking about all that God's done. Cities will change. You know, I think of Olaf and the cloud um, of snow. And in the movie Frozen, uh, my niece, uh, a few years ago, we were ski on a ski trip at Big White. My niece, Gracie, she was sick and she was four. And uh, so she stayed in bed day and night and she had Frozen on repeat. And so I was home one day to babysit her, and she just watched Frozen straight. And so I went to see her in her queen-size bed that she was sleeping in, and she was just watching Frozen. And I went to one side of the bed, and she, I said, hey, I want to give you some lunch. Like, you need to eat something. And she, like, turned to the other side and put her head under the blanket to hide from me. She's like, no, I just want to watch Frozen. And so then I went to that side, and then she, like, put her head and went to the other side. And then I'm like, and then I kind of like came up the center of the bed and she like put her head like under the blanket and tried to hide. And then I'm like, do you want some Coke? And I was like, Shh. <laughs> And then I gave her lunch and then I bribed her with Coke. But, but Olaf, he is a cloud at the end of the movie. You remember he gets a cloud of snow so that he can go wherever he wants to go. He goes to the beach and he can be on a beach because there's a cloud of snow over him. He can go wherever because there's a cloud of snow. And I think, you know, um, he was transforming culture. He could actually go anywhere. And I believe that we're not just to have the cloud in a service, but the cloud as we go out every day. That the cloud of God's presence and, and that, that is, it actually is with you every single day wherever you go. And you can go to the hardest of places. You can go into the places that are impossible. But the cloud, the presence, because we're called to transform culture, not conform to culture. Smith Wigglesworth said, everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit is moved. And if he doesn't move, I move the Holy Spirit. <laughs> what he did was he would just activate the word. And in, by word of faith... Is, is see God moved in places. And he was someone that knew the word and, and, and by faith would shift things. And I want to close, and then we're going to invite a few people to share, but this poem, um, I heard this a long time ago, and it was actually King George made this poem famous in 1939. And it was what he, he stated during war, and it was, it was a famous poem. He didn't write it, someone before him did, but he actually made it famous. It says, God knows... And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, Give me a light that I may tread safely unto the unknown. And he replied, Go into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God, that shall be to you better than the light and safer than a known way. So I went forth and finding the hand of God trod gladly into the night. And he led me towards the hills and the breaking of day in the lone east. So heart be still. What need our little life, our human life, to know? If God hath comprehension in all the dizzy strife of things both high and low, God hideth his intention. God knows. His will is best. The stretch of years which wind ahead so dim to our imperfect vision are clear to God. Our fears are premature. In him all time hath provision, then rest. Until God moves to lift the veil from our impatient eyes, when as the sweeter features of life's stern face we hail, fair beyond all sunrise, surmise, God's thought around his creatures, our mind shall fill. God knows. And I love what it says, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, 
Go into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. And he shall be to you better than the light and safer than the way known. And I just sense that the call to adventure, the call to live on the mountain, the mountains are calling, we must go, is actually we put our hand into the hand of God. Because we can ask for the light, for the path, but there's more, it's way better than when we're walking with God. When our hand is in his hand and he has it all. And every rest, and every, we can rest in that, and every burden, and every care, and every anxiety, and every fear, and every worry, and every, all that stuff is in his hand, and he's with us on the journey. And um, I'm just going to invite a couple people that, that have talked to me, um, and then we may, we may open it up, and, uh, but I just, you know, in preparing this, and Diane even said, I feel like there's an opportunity at the end to, to I don't know, I said, I don't know how I'm going to end it, and she goes, well, maybe we could get, like, people involved and just kind of meet and say, how are we going to end this, and it's funny, it, we were going to kind of organize something, and then just people start coming to me, and I'm like, hey, that's how we're going to end this, we're just going to go on an adventure this morning <laughs> and, and see what the Lord wants to do, because I really didn't plan anything else other than this, and I just sense it's our community, and there's something about this adventure that we're all living this and walking this out. And so I, I want to invite, um, invite Jesse to come. Is that okay? So I met Jesse uh, about a year and a half ago in Fort St. John. Um, a year and a half ago, Fort St. John. Uh, we went and did a camp. And Amanda, Jen, uh, Bong, Karis, uh, I think Josh was with us, Yari, who did I miss, Michelle, um, I think that's, that's it, we went up there and uh, did a weekend young adult retreat, I was speaking on the Father Heart and a God who sees you, um, we got to the Saturday night, everybody's pretty engaged, at the back of this camp at Kings Valley Camp in north of Fort St. John, there's some tables, um, I saw a guy that seemed pretty disinterested with what I was saying. Uh, there was a moment that we could all pray with each other. Um, he wasn't praying with anyone. He didn't really, to be honest, just being straight up, he didn't want to be there. He was like checked out. He was leaving it, probably most times I was speaking in and out and just not, just not there. And I didn't know if he was with the camp or what his deal was, but he was just kind of at the back, at the table, not participating. And I'm like, maybe he works here, maybe he's visiting. I don't really know. Um, and so I went up to him and just uh, was bold and um, just shared what the Lord said. Hey, God loves you. God has a plan for you. The Father and shared some stuff that God, and to be honest, it was like teaching to someone that did not want to be talked to. It was just, from my point of view, it was just the hardest thing. It was like, this is going nowhere. And so at one point I said, hey, can I pray for you? And there, there was probably some tears in your eyes, and we prayed, but, but that's probably it. Tell us a little bit about the story. That's, that's my version of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was uh, um, just kind of like to understand uh, the context of why I was that guy so disinterested. Um, um, I uh, I'd spent the last couple of years, uh, like I kind of grew up in a church and stuff, but I, uh, I had spent the last few years uh, not at all following God and um, uh, very uh, disinterested in that kind of stuff, uh, just because there was so much shame on me and uh, uh, 
before I got to the camp, uh, it was probably, I don't know, a few weeks before um, I, uh, my wife at the time and I got separated and, um, and I was uh, super down in, down in the dumps and um, mostly not because of that, but because I, I knew that uh, there was supposed to be some bigger calling on my life and, and I felt like I missed it and that it, uh, it wasn't for me anymore. And uh, so uh, I kind of went there. Actually, the funny thing is uh, uh, I thought he knew who I was um, because my brother is the young adults pastor out there. And uh, so they're, they're in communication. I just assumed that they knew each other and uh, that that meant that he knew who I was. Um, but uh, uh, I actually went to this young adults camp uh, kind of with the intention, it sounds sort of horrible, but to uh, basically is one last nice thing to do for my brother before I checked out and killed myself. Um, I, was, I was done. And, uh, um, and I went there with, definitely with an attitude of like, I'm, I'm going, because it's sort of like my last weekend to hang out with my brother. Um, and I know he'd appreciate me being here because he was bugging me to, to go, but I'm not listening. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to have anything to do with this stuff. And, uh, and then this guy comes up from Ed- Edmonton, and he's talking all about how good God is. And, and I'm sitting there going, like, no, I don't really believe that. And, uh, um, uh, but anyways, uh, the, I, got, I got pretty mad at my brother when, when this guy came up because I thought that my brother spilled the beans about all my life problems. Um, but they didn't even talk. Um, God had just given... Uh, Travis, uh, a word of knowledge, and he, the things that he said, I mean, it's funny because of the way he describes it, but the, the way that I would describe it, it, I mean, he, like, I mean, the first, well, the first question that he asked me was, uh, uh, like, you, you're married, like, it was like a question, and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, but you're separated, like, seriously, <laughs> how, how, how could you know that, and, uh, um, you know, and realizing now that that was something my my brother had never said to him, um, and that that was God um, coming in, and, and uh, uh, yeah, there was a there was a lot of uh, a lot of words that uh, that he said that were they were basically he, he read my mail for five minutes, and uh, it was probably it, it is by far the most uncomfortable moments of my life. Uh, um, yeah, um, and uh, I was I was not not impressed. Um, and, uh, um, and I was fighting with it every step of the way, um, and I didn't want to receive what he was saying, um, but, uh, God got a hold of my heart that night, and, uh, uh, and he started to, started to change things, and, uh, uh, and it was a process. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't like I was at some young adult camp, and God just flipped the switch, and suddenly I was this man of God or something, it was, a, it was a long process, and I spent a lot of time um, dealing with hurt and, and, and finding healing and, um, and surrounding myself with a community, and like these guys that, I, that we brought up, like they're, they've been so instrumental in that, and they're, so the, that community you were just talking about, like that was so important for me, and, uh, and God used that and, uh, and brought about all kinds of healing, and, and then um, a year later, uh, we just had a young adults camp again in in August, and uh, I was totally changed person. 
and uh, just so in love with Jesus and what he's, what he's done for me. And I was um, having a hard time engaging the worship. And um, I think for people who know me, like I'm, I, I play music and I've, I'm very much a worshipy kind of guy now. And, um, but I, could, I, could, I couldn't get into it at all. Um, and uh, I found myself uh, kind of going in and out of the building and hanging out at the back. And the next thing I knew, I was, I was sitting at that same bench that I was at a year before. And, uh, and God uh, spoke to me in that moment, and he said, like, look where I've brought you. And uh, just to show, like, like you're, you're in the same spot where, where I started the work in you. And, uh, um, and it was just, and it, was, it was crazy. And then, and then moments later, uh, a guy came in um, and basically gave me the same speech that I gave this guy. Um, you know, I'm... You know, I'm I'm just done, and uh, uh, he didn't he didn't want uh, he didn't really want to believe in God anymore, and he was fed up with it, and uh, he was ha- uh, contemplating checking out, and um, and I started laughing, and uh, <laughs> and I felt like a jerk, because um, <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, like this guy's like telling me like really dark stuff, and and I'm laughing at him, and and he's looking at me like like you're man, what is wrong with you, and and. Uh, um, and, uh, and I was just laughing and I was just like, man, I have a word for you. Like, and he was, and the big thing that was discouraging him was that he couldn't hear God's voice. And, uh, and, uh, I had, it was just like, just like that, this divine word of knowledge came for him. And, uh, and I did the same thing that this guy did for me. And, uh, um, and it did the same thing for him as it did for me. And, and it was just, it was just the power of God doing things. And, uh, this is why I'm so uh, like why I have no problem jumping in a vehicle and coming down here because like I really believe what these guys are doing um, it's not it's not about um, I don't know I was trying to explain this a lot of times but like the the, the heart that I see the, he asked me to write a little blurb on Facebook there and, and that took me like I don't know I, don't know, I didn't tell you this but that took me weeks because <laughs> I couldn't put into words what it is that resurgence is uh, to me, but basically, um, they want to see God move, and um, and they and and they're just obedient. Like he didn't he didn't feel anything uh, when he came and talked to me. It was just like, uh, well, this sucks. This guy's not receiving nothing. Um, but but the, he just did something out of obedience and spoke what God was telling him to speak. And, um, and because of it, that my life has changed. I'm part of the leadership team at my young adults group now. And, and God's just moving like crazy in Fort St. John and in my heart and around me. And I work at a church now. And, uh, like this is, this, is, uh, this is the God we serve. And it's just because they were obedient. And so I'm like, well, yeah, whatever he's telling you to do, just do it because it makes a, a crazy difference. Oh yeah. yeah! Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, like I could probably go on for an hour, but I won't. But uh, the, it, uh, yeah. so we were having that time alone with God uh, yesterday, and um, uh, I felt like God was uh, speaking uh, that there's there's something that's going to happen with uh, the what's happening with young adults in Fort St. John, and um, and He gave me this uh, this word, and it was and He was trying to tell me that this is directly connected to resurgence and what's happening with resurgence. Um, and I was really, really struggling. Like, I was like, man, that's good. Encounter, the, encounter God through the word. That's awesome. 
And it wasn't happening. And I was just sitting up there reading, and I'm going, oh, my goodness, like, I'm getting nothing, I'm getting nothing. Um, and I flipped my Bible open to Ezekiel 37, um, and, uh, and I read it, and God just started to speak. Um, and I wrote pages and pages of this, just this huge prophecy that he gave me for, for the young adults ministry that's up there and how it's connected to this. And, um, and uh, then you were talking last night, and you very briefly, just in passing, mentioned how Resurgence was started based on Ezekiel 37. And one of the guys nudged me, and we just kind of started laughing. And we're just like, that's... I had no idea. I had no idea how you guys started. Um, so it was kind of like, it was, it was just God just, just saying, like, there's a, there's a bigger plan um, that you're a part of. And, like, it was this weekend for me, I know for probably a lot of us for sure, that it was, this has uh, been a, about a stepping out. And, uh, and it's a stepping into that story. And it's just, it's, it's amazing, so. Yeah. So good. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't God good? Like that, that's too good not to tell. Like, that's incredible. And um, Jared, you want to just come? And um, Jared was sharing too some stuff that uh, last year uh, when we prayed for people on Saturday night, uh, you might remember we prayed long, <laughs> really long, for like three or four hours for people. And people wait, you might have been waiting in line for a long time. Jared waited for like 45 minutes or something, but yeah. Maybe like 15. I don't know. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. It was uh, Travis, Yari, these two gems right here. There was a lot of people praying in it, and I was fortunate enough to have uh, recorded it with my phone, and I kind of paid attention to that prophecy that was spoken over me over the years, and every one person impacted me. Yeah, every one person had something so deep to share. And it's still alive even today, like even over this weekend, the words that were said then, like even tonight, even this morning, or uh, last night and even this morning are still true. And it just goes to show like God's word is so integral to who he is, right? He would much sooner give up his throne than he would his word. And, you know, his word doesn't come back to him void. And that just was so true to me in that time. And I think that's something to take away from this, like, for everybody. Like, a lot of things are said, a lot of things are prayed for, a lot of people heard things, had tinglings. I, like, honor that by paying attention to it. And don't forget it, write it down, you know, pull it out of your pocket every now and then, put it in your Bible, read it again, read it again. And because you don't know when those words are going to take root. I mean, driving up here, I was paying, I was listening to it, and things that Diana said were starting to, like, take set in place and that was like a year ago (laughs) and like that's powerful right and so god like he starts things and he doesn't he he finished things come on so he wants to what he started here and i know people felt things i know things were done i know shifts were made i know impacts were had and uh yeah i believe like pay attention to it honor it i think god really wants to use that for you and uh, I could go on talking about, you know, all the details of it, but I think really what's most important is that it was God's word that was spoken. And, you know, I honored it by paying attention to it. And uh, that's what everybody's got to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. so good. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. We have a, a, a few things. Is there, is there anyone else you feel like you want to testify that you encountered the Lord in a significant way this weekend? That um, there was something that you just encountered of God. Maybe it was really new for you. Maybe you never encountered God that way. 
Yeah, Caitlin, come. I know there's lots we all could share, so let's try to, uh, I want to get as few, uh, many people as we can, but I want to hear it. Okay, so, so I wasn't actually going to come share, but God kept telling me yesterday, and then even Karis, God used Karis to tell me to do it. I still wasn't going to come and share, but then this morning I woke up super early and couldn't go back to sleep because God's like, you need to share. So after I'm done sharing, you'll kind of understand why I wouldn't want to share it because it's just a little bit of a weird story. But anyway, so... Um, Tara was talking about on Friday how, um, like, ways that you can encounter God. And, like, I've encountered God through different ways, like, through, like, dreams or visions. And then uh, one thing that was sticking out to me, though, she said, like, audible, right? And then I was thinking, wow, like, you mean people can actually hear, like, not just in your heart or mind, like, you actually hear God, right? And so, I don't know, I was just a little confused about that, because I didn't know that that was real. And so, I was trying to figure it out, and I was really curious about it, and I was trying to figure it out, like, a little bit during the weekend, but I just was like, oh, whatever. I'm like, I don't know. And then, uh, anyway, so we were having our quiet time in the afternoon, where we had to spend some time with God. And then, uh, so I decided to stay here, as Karis was playing, and then uh, all of a sudden, I had to go to the bathroom. And I was like, God, like, why am I going to go to the bathroom right now? I'm like, this is supposed to be our time, spending time with you, and I have to go to the bathroom. And then, uh, so I just have all these things going on in my mind, and usually I don't really overthink a lot, but I was really overthinking about the bathroom. I'm thinking, that's not really spiritual. Like, what if people are going to think, oh, man, she's not taking it serious. She's going to the washroom. Or, like, it's just weird. I was thinking things that I don't think usually, and it just kept coming to my mind, right? And so, anyways, long story short, I ended up going to the bathroom, and then I just remember I was, like, feeling, God, like, I'm sorry I'm not spending time with you. And he's like, Caitlin, like, you don't have to spend time with me just, like, in this worship setting. You can spend time with me in the bathroom, right? <laughs> like, he's like, one of the most, and it's, this is why I didn't watch here, too, because it's just really weird. But he's like, one of the holiest things that you could do is actually go to the washroom, because it shows that what I've created is actually functioning properly, Right? So I'm like, okay. So here I'm going to the bathroom. And then all of a sudden, it was like I heard Karis, and she was singing, and she was playing something on the piano. But it was like all of a sudden I just heard her singing this thing, and it was like, I don't even know, it was like an ah, uh, and like it just kept going, though. And I was thinking, wow, like, good job, Karis. Like, she just hasn't stopped singing that one note. And like, it was so powerful. And then even the keys were getting stronger, and she was just singing louder. And like, she didn't even have one pause. And I was thinking, how is she holding that note that long? And then all of a sudden, there was a voice that came underneath that voice. And it was like a second voice started singing with her. And I'm like, oh man, this is so powerful. Like, somebody must have prophetically went on stage, started singing with Karis. And then all of a sudden, I started cluing in. And because, uh, you know, you can't hear like the best in there. And all of a sudden, I'm cluing in and I'm listening. And I'm like, wait a minute, the second voice is Karis's voice. I'm like, so wait, what's the first voice? <laughs> like the one that keeps singing that one note. And then that's when, like, it was in the bathroom. And I'm like, right then, it was like the fear of God. Like, just like this fear came upon me where I was like, whoa, what? I'm like, am I hearing something that you can't actually see? And then basically, God just kind of showed me how, you know, I'd been curious about what it would mean to like hear something, right? And like, I actually heard an angel continue the note that Karis was singing, and then Karis ended up singing with that angel singing. And like, I've never experienced anything like this before. So I thought it was really funny how like, probably this moment that I won't ever forget, how it actually happened in the bathroom, right? That's why I didn't want to share it. 
But like, and two, I just felt like even this morning when I woke up, like God just wants you to know that maybe you didn't encounter the way that you thought that you wanted to encounter, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. And it could happen in the bathroom. Like it doesn't matter where it's going to happen. If you want it to happen, like it will happen. Right? So, yeah. So good. Incredible. And, and Caitlin plays music, if you know her, and is in a band and, and does worship and all that. So she knows that. Like, if anyone's like, knows music and knows, so that's like, she, she would know. It's not just like me, like someone who doesn't know music as well, you know? So that's amazing. Thanks. Anyone else that you just feel that God, yeah. Yeah, both of you. Why don't you come? Mac. Well, I just had this crazy encounter during worship. Oh, uh, you guys were playing the like "Come Away with Me" part of that song, and I just felt like God was saying, "Come away with me," and so I did. I just felt like He told me to. Like, I was just on the floor, but I just felt like He told me to come up onto the balcony with Him, and He's been really challenging me this week, like to really step out and like instead of just giving the ninety percent, like give the hundred percent, like be like full in. And uh, the, <laughs> I've been struggling with like. Like, he's made promises, but I'm like, God, like, I need to be able to hold on to these promises. And, like, what does that look like? And so he's like, here, I'm going to write it for you. And so I'm like, great. Like, and, like, it was kind of, like, right at the end of the song. He was, we were up there, and he's writing it for me. And then the next song they played was, like, the You Are Good. And he started to show me that in that song there were so many promises that he was giving me. Like, oh, man, it was crazy. Like, like the line, like, I'll be the wind in your sail. He's like, I'm going to be your provision and also your direction. And... Like, he gave me, like, a written, like, like, a, like with a house, like, you have, like, a written deed that you can hold on to, right? And he just gave that to me, and oh, man, I was just, like, blown away by it. I was just crying. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy. Come Thanks, on. man. So good to share. Hey, man, so good you're here. Yeah, so I can't, well, I came last year, so this is my friend anniversary with a lot of people because, so last year... Last year, I went to one resurgence the weekend before this and advanced. The announcement was made, and I was there, okay, and I signed up. And I didn't know a single person. Like, I remember I was texted, hey, you're going with Justin Wiesinger? Wiesinger? You guys know him? You know, he's driving you. So I, I know it was me, Kim. Where's Kim? Kim was here, and uh, Andrea Zemmer was there, too. And we just, we, none of us met each other. We kind of, like, stumbled away into the car and got here. And I met a lot of you guys. Anyway, so happy friend anniversary to those that are on that list. But anyways, um, I mostly want to affirm resurgence. Like, um, I came in as, so, um, you know Myers-Briggs, the personality tests? There's the, um, it's feeler and thinker. Now, I'm a guy, and I was 98% feeler. <laughs> That's not normal. And, um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so I, just, I came in this weekend, I was kind of like, God, I'm, I don't feel God. Like, when I... Someone described me as melancholy once, and I was like, what does that mean? And they said, like, you have really high highs and really low lows because, like, I'm a, such a feeler that my feelings are elevated. So when I'm stoked, I'm super stoked. But when I'm not stoked, I, I'm, I seem depressed, and I'm just, like, bummed all the time. And so I was like, God, I'm not stoked. I'm not feeling you. And that's kind of, I came this weekend, and then um, the stage was, set with, stage was set with Tara, and she, she's like, this is Encounter. And then I was like, oh, i got to redefine what I think encounter means. And then people were praying and talking, and, and I woke up the next day. And I was like, yeah, you know what, today, uh, you know, encounter is, is not what I thought it was. And then yeah, Yare comes up and, and lays down the, 
the word and, and I'm just like, you know what, that's it. And that was just a dagger. It's just like, oh, like it's not feelings, right? It's the word and, you know, God's like, be a man and just do it. And so you, Tara, you nailed it. Like you heard from God so spot on. Yara, you heard from God so spot on. And then just over there, just now, um, I was thinking and I've had this cool thought lately and you kind of mentioned it, but like in the Old Testament, people went on mountains to meet God. Like that's literally where they went. But in the New Testament, Jesus says like faith moves mountains. So the mountain's gone, and, like, Jesus is, now we have access to Jesus. And I'm like, that's such a cool thought to think, right? Like, and you kind of mentioned that. And I was literally over there, and I was like, I'm going to share that today because that's cool. And then you talked about mountains. I was like, ah. So, like, you heard spot. And that, like, I, nothing, like, crazy, but I'm just from resurgence, and, like, every single one of those messages was just spot on. And I know when you speak, you're like, oh, is this from the Lord, you know, in a lot of time? But you, all of you, you heard from the Lord. Yahweh, you heard from the Lord. And, uh. I mean, yeah, this is a year now at Covenant Resurgence, and I, I love it. It's answered to my prayer because I came back, and I was like, God, where are you in Edmonton? You know, like, where's the Christians? You know, because I hate nominal. Like, you go to churches, and a lot of them, sadly, they're just nominal Christians. You know, but you come to Resurgence, and it's not like that. Like, everyone wants to be here, and you wouldn't be here if you didn't. So, um, yeah. Oh, so good. Thank you. So good to have you part of it. Yeah. Johnny, got something to share? No, like Mark shared about feelings, and so I guess that's uh, kind of the topic at hand, in my heart, uh, because I'd say, uh, yeah, I got overwhelmed this week just thinking about, say, two years, I guess, satisfied customer, uh, four or five years, whatever, <laughs> however many advances there have been, uh, can't stay away. Uh, two years ago, I thought for sure I'd be staying away, got kind of most shocking news I could have imagined, and, and uh, I was pretty numb, and... and there were some ugly texts that went to a group, I think, Karis, Travis, maybe Dean Dunn or something like that. And it's like, whoa, wow. That, that was pretty tough. Um, but yeah, they were like, you need to come. And yeah, I remember showing up and I was a little bit later or something. And uh, there was worship. And I don't know, my buddy Matt Klein um, was someone's And then he's like, oh, can you pray for me? And I was like, I got like zero um, to give. But he just got rocked. And. I don't know, it's like, wow, I guess in our weakness, God wants to work through us and stuff. So, um, yeah, a lot of cool things two years ago, but I was definitely uh, pretty numb. Um, but that's God's protection. Anyways, I was just reminded this week about, wow, that was two years ago. and just so grateful for the ways that God kind of changes us and restores and, and just fills us with hope and stuff. But as I came here this week, I was just thinking... You know, saying my freedom journey and stuff. What what would I like to receive this weekend? And um, yeah, a bit like Mark for sure. Like as far as more feelings and uh, a key part of my life. But I noticed that I wasn't feeling the highs and wasn't feeling the lows like I like I used to. Just we had a Holy Spirit weekend with Alpha. Cheers to Alpha. It's good stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's just powerful things kind of all week. But I just noticed, man, it's just not hitting me like it like it used to. And um, yeah, even this thing muzzle, I kept hearing that this three times this week from three people in this room. Um, so many ways of encountering God. But yeah, it just felt like the joy of the Lord, um, I don't know, just didn't have it. So yeah, we were praying over there. And, and um, we appreciated Kimmy's kind of reminder this morning because it sounded like maybe someone else was confused. Like, what the heck's happening when someone's laughing uncontrollably or... But uh, actually, it was two years ago, Tra um, Travis's buddy, Trevor Meyer, was speaking, and there was so many amazing things that weekend. Uh, Cora Lynn shared her journey, and 
lots of stuff, but I remember it was just like one little phrase. He said, like, when God's power kind of comes or if you feel like any twitching or whatever, just be free. That's, that's just the Lord, right? And that, that really freed me up. Um, but I went to Baptist Bible school, and um, that just didn't happen. Um, well, actually, it did start to happen, but that's a different, different story. But I remember two years ago, uh, yeah, that just freed me up. And so I appreciate what Kimmy said, because she said, like, if you know John, he's not looking for attention. And uh, I guess what I'm trying to yeah, so I often try and restrain it and all that kind of thing. But so we were praying for Regula, and, and uh, I was just like, wow, I can't. I can't, I can't restrain this anymore, and so all of a sudden I'm laying on the ground and just uh, really happy, and, and uh, yeah, so I don't want to, like, be on any display, but what I'm trying to say is God just restored those highs and lows, and uh, yeah, the joy of the Lord is my strength, and I, I can say that from encounter now, and, and uh, yeah, it's happened in the past, but uh, grateful for that return, and just grateful for the people in this room and, and for the ways that God's inviting you to encounter. He's, he's your good shepherd. He calls you by name. He leads you out, and, and the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. So just, uh, you know, maybe walk away with that little cartoon that Tara showed us earlier, whether it's your phone or Netflix, whatever it is, um, he's speaking. Just listen up. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. He just wasn't a little happy. He was laughing uncontrollably over there. And um, we're, we're going to uh, have someone else come in a second. Uh, I want to invite Amanda to come. And uh, we could probably go uh, with so many testimonies. But I just, I, I want you to, could you do a favor and email us, info at liversurgeons.com. We'd love to know your story. And we also are even um, looking at putting some on, on some videos. And we just, we want to start telling us, because honestly, we could go through every one of us and tell, and I, we want to hear the stories. And so we always say this, hey, info, send us, a, send us an email. But, you know, we get two or three. And so many people say, oh, I got the story I want to tell you. And then they just, it just never comes. So I just want to encourage you, please make a note of it in your phone. Say, hey, I got an email. And, and there's something when we actually email our testimony, when we put it in paper and we write it down, and it's, it, it actually solidifies it. And, and, and send it to yourself as well, like CC yourself, so that like, you have a copy of it. And in a year, you can look back and go, wow, that's what happened to me. Look where, you know, and so that's amazing. And uh, just want to invite Amanda. Amanda just felt the Lord kind of speaking to her last night and uh, talked to Tara and then talked to me. And um, this is adventure. And we're talking about faith this morning. We're talking about stepping out of comfort zones. And this is not her comfort zone. She wants to be sitting at the back where she was. And um, she's like, no, you don't have to call me. She said that to me four times. She's, she's asked for every out of this, but she knows also she has to do this. And so she's going to take a real bold step of faith and feel like we're going to end this way. And um, so, yeah, so that's, uh, so Amanda, just share what God's put on your heart and, and then do what you feel God's called you to do. Okay. Uh, that's so true. I'm way outside my comfort zone. Uh, so yesterday, um, when the panel was up and people were asking questions, um, someone asked a question about suffering, and that really started this for me. And during the alone time with God, I started praying, and I opened my Bible, and it opened to Romans 5, um, and I want to share that with you, and then I want to share a bit of a, a personal story. 
Um, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And this blew me away. And I just kept thinking about what Tara said, about pressing in, about wrestling with God. And I just feel like there's people in this room that you're stuck in that suffering phase, um, that you've almost normalized suffering, that you live day to day with depression, anxiety, maybe physical pain, and you're carrying it alone. Maybe you're scared to even bring it up and ask for prayer because there might be shame. You feel like, oh, you might have this illness from choices you've made, or you might feel like there's shame or stigma around mental health issues. Uh, Or you might be stuck in the perseverance and you've been pressing in and you've been praying, but you haven't brought it to your community and you haven't let people help you carry that and help you press in. And um, I really think that this is a time to change that. And this is not an area that I'm super comfortable talking about healing (laughs) and um, a bit of my story (laughs) a year and a half ago at the resurgence extended um, when Nate Edwardson and his friend Charlie were here um, I was super busy I was volunteering I wasn't really in the room a whole lot and I stepped in for two minutes maybe to like count who, how many people were there or something. And Charlie was on the stage and, and he just started giving a word for me. And he was talking about how I have the gift of healing. And I got so annoyed. <laughs> I was like, who is this guy? Like, who even invited him? Where's Nate? Like, I was just really annoyed and so I went back out into the foyer and you know how they say oh like if you get a word you could put on the shelf for later I'm like I'm putting that in the garbage bin like (laughs) and then later he found me and he gave me more words about it and I was just really overwhelmed and he said oh you must be really strong that God has chosen you for this gift because not a lot of people want that gift. (laughs) Like, there's a lot that goes along with it that can be difficult. And I was like, yep, 
yeah, and that's kind of more <laughs> what I took away. But, and then he kept going on about it. He got Nate to come over, and they prayed for me. And I was just like, why are they not talking about worship or, like, something that I'd be good at? And so I laughed, and I was like, okay, whatever. And then the next day... Um, Charlie came up to me and said, there's someone that wants you to pray for them. They said, we want the girl that you spoke over. Can you come and pray for them? And I was like, okay, I guess. And I thought maybe they'd have asthma or something. <laughs> no, um, it was a mom there with her whole family with her little kids and a baby. And she had cancer. And she was wearing a scarf. She had no hair. She was very thin. She still had the IV in her arm. And they said, can you pray for her to be healed? I don't, I don't think I've ever been more scared in my life. Because cancer is so ugly. There's so much suffering. There's so much pain. There's death. And it was scary. But I felt like I was cornered and I had to pray for her. So I did. Really uncomfortable, but like I mostly spoke in tongues. I don't know what happened with that. I really did want her to get well, but I, and I went home and I hid under the covers and I said, how could you do that to me? How could you put me in that position? You know that I struggle with, I don't have a lot of faith for healing. That's kind of been my journey and you know, why wouldn't you pick someone that could actually pray that and really believe it? And so I've struggled with that word <laughs> for over a year. And when I was in Fort St. John, I kind of, you know, I was along and it seemed like everybody had a role. And I was like, well, God, why am I here? And blah, blah. And then he was like, well, you know, you have that gift of healing. And I kind of looked around like, oh, everyone looks like they're in pretty good health. <laughs> like, <laughs> and just like avoiding, avoiding, not comfortable with that. And I just really felt like last night, like something really shifted. And I am just, I'm tired of knowing so many people that are, dealing with depression, dealing with anxiety. People in their family have cancer. There's, there is sickness and suffering, but I just felt like God was saying, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? And some things that he's convicted me on is there's, he has healed me in my life, and I've rationalized it. I've minimized it, like, you know, when you go up for prayer and then whatever it was goes away, 
And they're like, oh, okay, I guess it really wasn't that serious. God's really convicted me on that. And I feel like there's people in this room that he has healed, and you haven't given him the credit. You haven't, we haven't taken the time to thank him and to celebrate that and to realize that God is good and that he doesn't want us to suffer. And I think there's people in this room like me who God has spoken to you about praying for people that are sick and from fear or feeling like you're not worthy or like you don't have enough faith, you haven't stepped out to pray for them. And oh, this is kind of big, but I think sometimes we kind of create a culture where suffering becomes okay and it becomes normal and that's just the way the world is. But that's not what I'm reading in here and that God has placed us in a state of grace and that he wants to alleviate that suffering, but we need to persevere. We need to press in. We need to be open and share what's happening so that we can build up each other's faith. And we have a part to play in that. And so that is why I'm standing up here, even though I'm totally freaked out, to just really challenge you to, to step out in this area. And I'm actually going to call people up. If you, have, if you feel like you have authority in this area of healing, if you've prayed for people and you know they've been healed, or... If you have a lot of faith and you, maybe you haven't seen it yet, but you believe that it can happen, or especially if you're like me and you aren't sure that you even have enough faith, but you know that it's in the word and you're willing to come up here and stand on that. And even though you're totally freaked out, <laughs> I just, I want to ask people to come up who are willing to pray for people to be healed. And then I'm going to ask people that need prayer for healing, physical, mental, emotional healing, um, to come up. And again, even if it's something you've never shared or you're totally scared, like know that we're here and we love you and this is a safe space and this is a supportive place. Fall.